Hey friends, I'm Tori. Welcome to Walk With Me. Walk With Me is a place where real women share real stories of real struggles and joys as they walk together along this rocky road we call life. Today on the podcast, I have my sister with me, and we've been spending a beautiful week in the beautiful state of Wyoming, which has been wonderful and really great weather. So today we're going to talk about parenting adult children. But Tanya, why don't you first tell a little bit about yourself and your family and maybe why this topic is important to you, and then we'll go a little deeper. Okay. Uh, I'm married to my high school sweetheart, Steve. Been married for 33 years, and we have two adult children. We have Isaiah. He is ooh, 29, almost 30 in September, and he's married. And they have our only grandchild, Caroline Grace, and she just turned two in May. And our daughter Sarah, and she will turn 23 in October, and she is uh, a student at Drake University, and she plays basketball and she's in her final year all right lately um you and i have been talking um about raising adult kids and the differences between that and having them at home and um some of the difficulties and the joys of having adult children and since we were going to spend a week together on vacation we decided to let our listeners in on our conversation and yeah. record a podcast sounds good so um we're in the part of our lives where our children no longer live under our roof, our roofs, 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 roof. okay, roofs, like a dog. <laughs> but we are, but they're on their own and have fam- some have families of their own, like you mentioned, Isaiah, and we have a granddaughter as well, and some of our kids are married. So, why is this stage of parenting so vastly different than the previous stages? I think it's because our kids are making all their own decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wanted to be part of those decisions before, but now it's, they're making all their own decisions and they're on their own. And it's just part of parenting that you don't really hear a lot about. Hmm. Yeah. We have talked about maybe writing something or we're starting with a podcast because yeah, I'm not sure there's a lot out there and maybe we just haven't looked. I mean, you have. I have a little bit. There's not yeah. a lot. There's some. About parenting adult children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's completely different. You you have to be, you have to, it's a balancing act. Uh, kind of a hands-off, but yet you're still kind of a coach. And so, yeah, it's been a, a, a learning experience. Um, and so it's different because you were totally in charge when they were at home and they were expected to follow the rules and the values that you set forth. And now you're kind of, encouraging them to almost um well they they do need to make their own decisions and you really shouldn't be exactly. heavy-handed with exactly it. and so that's that's a difficult thing right. um so what are some of the things that you have really enjoyed about having grown children well i think it's great you get to enjoy them as adults and so they have a lot of similar interests and you know just different conversations i think they're all on an, another level as far as being able to enjoy one another. Um, and you get to learn about their lives, what they're doing, and all right. that sort of thing, too. And, you know, when my kids were home, I felt like I had to be the disciplinarian, and I had to be the one that was the boss. But I do feel like I can be friends with my kids now, mm-hmm. and we can joke around. And 
um, do fun things together, and I don't necessarily have to be the disciplinarian. Right. And that's that's kind of the freedom. And so, um, yeah, so I have really enjoyed speaking to them as almost a peer sometimes. That's really fun to be able to share, like, hey, sometimes I struggle with this, and um, hey, what are, how are you doing? How's your, you know, time with God lately? Or things that you wouldn't be able to ask a younger child. You'd kind of lead them in that, you know, in their responses. But, yeah, I've really enjoyed just the the way that we can converse as friends rather than necessarily, you know, being the parent and right. child relationship. Yeah. So, and then my second question was, um, what are some of the dilemmas? What are the, some of the dilemmas you faced? Cause this, you've said this is probably your hardest stage. Right. It is. Uh, I just think that when you have them at home and then you've prepared them and you've tried to lay a great foundation mm-hmm. and, uh, morals and values, and then you send them off you assume that all of the things that you taught them, they're going to continue to do. Mm-hmm. And not that they haven't, but sometimes they have different choices that you would maybe not make for yourself. So you're like, you know, why, why are they making that choice when right. they were brought up in, in our home? Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think just the kind of the surprise maybe of, because um, they do, they develop new friends and they mm-hmm. develop... Um, you know, what they're doing with their time. And and so it's kind of a, you just have to do a lot of trusting and a lot and of praying. And a lot of praying. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it, it increases the time on your knees, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, and I think also um, you do prepare them to be independent and you prepare them not to need you, but when all of a sudden they don't really need you, mm-hmm. that's kind of shocking. Mm-hmm. And um, even though you knew that was the goal, right? Uh, their identity, you know, their kind of uh, identity in the family changes and yours does too. And so that's, right. yeah, that's hard. Right. You let go and um, let them kind of be their own person. Yeah, and it is surprising when they do make choices that you, you as your, you and your husband wouldn't, wouldn't have made. You know, Correct. or they do things differently or use their money differently. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yes. And so that's that's hard, but I think it is probably wise of us to um, step in when we do see them maybe making, you know, something that would really, in the future, um, not think, be good for the yeah, families. I think have that open discussion. But yet it's hard because sometimes you do want them to make mistakes, so they do learn. Mm-hmm. That's just a, it's a delicate, it's a delicate balance. Um, so that's kind of leads in my next question. How do we navigate the fine line of being involved without hovering? Right. I think they need to know that you have an interest without being like a helicopter parent that you have to know everything they do, everything they say, right. where their friends are, where they're going, yeah. all that sort of thing. I think there is a fine line, but we've also... We've also told our daughter that, you know, there is that tracking on the phone. We're not doing that to be, yeah you know, get into her business. But, you know, there's just, it's a wild world out there. And right. we just want to make sure that she's safe. And so that, you know, the, but we talk about that with her. We don't just yeah. say, hey. Right. So there right. are certain things that you can do, but also certain things that are acceptable. Right. Right. Even when my, our daughter's 
um, Tess and Shay, when they were 19 and 21, wanted to do half of the Appalachian Trail one summer. They were, you know, officially adults, right. but um, to let them go, and, and we had done lots and lots of backpacking, and so they were fully prepared to do the backpacking, but they were girls and they were on their own. And my first reaction was to say, no way, you are mm -hmm. not doing this. Right. And then I talked to, with Brent, my husband, and he said, you know, I think it'd be a really good learning experience for them. And so we did go through all the, okay, these are the worst case scenarios. Mm -hmm. Okay, what what if somebody pulled up in a car and, you know, wanted to give you a ride? And, you know, so we went through all the things that could happen to try to prepare them. And they had a, they actually had a really great time. But it was a really difficult thing to know whether we were being wise or unwise in letting them do the tra trail by themselves, you know, because mm -hmm. of things happen. Um, it ended up probably being one of the best experiences and the best learning times of their lives. But, um, yeah, that was something I hoped I didn't regret. Mm -hmm. And I don't now. Right. Yeah. But that's a perfect example of do you... You know, that's not something that you maybe would have done or that would yeah. have been a choice for oh, yeah. you to have them do. But that's something that they decided. They really wanted to do. So whether or not you agree with it, you have to come to the point where you're all okay mm -hmm. with it. Right. And there was, and they knew of all the dangers and had really prepared well. And so we wanted to let them um, have some independence. You know, kind of like when your kids are little and they want to ride down the block and go to the garage sale themselves. Right. It's that type of thing in a much larger arena. Right. It's still right. scary. Um, but, yeah, some of those things can be really excellent for kids and give them lots of confidence. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so uh, how are we supposed to give our kids the freedom to make choices um, like we talked about that we don't agree with? Do we... Okay, let's say <clears throat> one of our kids is choosing to use their money in a way that we think is unwise. Okay, so do we let them spend it and go in debt and then start having to, you know, uh, work on repaying that? Or do we speak up? Yeah. What's I think, the, I think do, we, that, do we let them learn? Do we let them... Because we have life experience. Right, we have life experience. On something like that, we had that similar situation when we were dealing with um, Sarah and her budget. It wasn't that we were going to determine what she was going to spend her money on, but we did want to make her aware of why a budget would be wise because then she could see where she was spending her money. Now, we weren't saying you can't spend your money there, but we just wanted her to know how much she was spending here and there. So did you just sit down with her and design a budget? Right. We did. To some degree, we didn't put the numbers in and we right. didn't even ask but her the showed numbers, her how but we it. just showed her... You know, just examples. Like if you are using this much money on coffee mm -hmm. every day, mm -hmm. by the end of the month, right. you're spending this much. Right. And some of those things that they just don't necessarily think of, it's not that they don't care about it. So bringing that up and just talking that through uh, was a good thing to help familiarize her with why a budget is something Necessary. that would be very, very valuable. Yeah, and don't you think that's our role, kind of coaching? Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, coaching on, hey, look, this is an alternate way, and I think probably a better way. and Because um, <clears throat> that leaves the room for them to learn from that. Mm -hmm. If they choose to follow, you know, kind of what we would spend maybe our money on versus what they would, it just kind of, you know, it, maybe it's going to be fine, but it just allows them to learn mm -hmm. um, in a fairly safe right. situation. Yeah, so we have a, um, a daughter who, speaking of money, 
Um, I have a daughter who um, graduated from college a, a, over a year ago and then got a job at a small private Christian school um, where she had to put in a ton of time. Um, didn't get paid that much, but really it was kind of right up her alley because she's really devoted to that sort of kid and that sort of place. Um, but yet it's a really stressful job and that I think is good for her. But as a parent, I wanted to almost get her out of the situation because I could tell it was um, really stressful. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to say, hey, you could get a job in like a public school and it wouldn't be nearly as stressful. You wouldn't have to, of course it'd be work, but. You'd have other. Yeah, teachers. but we didn't mm -hmm. say that. Right. Um, and it's actually been, she's going back for her second year. It's been a really good experience for her. Really, really hard, but probably in a way that couldn't have grown her in a more comfortable environment, you know? So, mm -hmm. but that was an uncomfortable, also brought me to my knees. You know what I mean? Uncomfortable place that I probably, had I chosen, I wouldn't have chosen that for her. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I think you have to be aware of what you're stepping in on and saying as far as will it be helpful or will it help them grow or is it going to be something that you know you're determining what their life is yeah. going to be because it's you know and I think if life. we've solidly grounded our kids that they'll be um maybe not always perfect decision makers but fairly wise decision makers and so if she has prayed about that and really sought God about that and decided it was a good decision then we probably need to just trust her right right um yeah so that's one of those things that, that has been hard, knowing that they could have an easier route, but probably that easier route isn't going to form them into the person that God has right, exactly. made them to be. So they're going to have to take some of the more difficult routes sometimes, even though it's hard for me to watch them. Mm -hmm. So um, let me see. On a related note, uh, we talked a little bit about this, but maybe it's more applicable to our kids with our, to our kids that have our grandchildren. Um, how do we know when to give advice and when to remain silent? Mm. So when we see our kids raising our grandkids and we say like, huh, I wouldn't do it like that. When, when do you speak up and when do you not speak up? Well, I think Steve and I have really kind of come to a conclusion that we don't give advice unless we're asked for advice about something or unless um, some inquiry is made about how do you do this? Or mm -hmm. can you help me with this? And some of the things that they're going to start as traditions in their family or how mm -hmm. they do it in their family is going to be different than what we right. did. But again, you're meshing two families together. Mm -hmm. And so... And probably we both have sons with um, their wives, you know what correct. I mean? So they're not, they'll probably live more like the wife mm -hmm. grew up. And so that's different mm -hmm. than, than the sons grew up sometimes. Right. And I think it's easier to... Um, with with the daughter-in-law, um, my daughter-in-law, Megan, she's just a wonderful match for my son. Mm -hmm. They're just a wonderful couple. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really respectful of me as the mother-in-law to also respect um, what she's doing as a wife in her family, yeah, too. Right. So, yeah, looking at it as their, their own established own family. Yep. Yeah, we're super pleased with our kids' spouses. But, yeah, you... They, People do things differently, you know, when they establish their own families. And so, yeah, that's probably a really good rule of thumb. Don't give advice until you're asked for it. Right, right. And I think that is hard. I mean, that's one of those things as you 
parent adult children as the children are growing up those that's something you don't think about you don't give much thought to it uh-huh right until there's this other person right another family that's joined your family yep yep yeah you really don't until mm-hmm. it it happens and it's kind of shocking you know like oh wow we have to get used to this whole other family right and they're part of our family now mm-hmm. so um yeah so you talked a little bit about, you know, your kids carrying out your, your values that you'd instilled in them or maybe traditions. Um, so how do we encourage them or, or do we encourage them to carry out the things that we have done or our traditions or our values? Um, and, you know, because we consider those really important. So how do we encourage them maybe to carry out those same things with their family? Or do you? Uh, I think we do to a certain degree. Uh, for instance, Megan and Isaiah like to have Christmas at their house on Christmas Day. Okay. And um, that is something that we, as a family, never really did because our parents always lived yeah. away. And so we just, you know, we only had a certain amount of time off. So we just kind of adapted in that way. Well, they just have a little bit different circumstance. So we've allowed them to do that. But we still have a Christmas at our house. Uh-huh. And we would... I, I know that we tend to do more things that we did when Isaiah was growing up. Uh-huh. And so that's, you know, and some of those things... So you things, still continue them in your own house. Right, okay. right. And some of those things they're going to probably incorporate in their household uh-huh. along with some of Megan's mm-hmm. uh, traditions that they had. So I think that's one way because that always is a way to reminisce and uh-huh. talk about, you know, funny times yeah. and just to relate in that way too. Not that they'll exactly be doing what we have done all along but I think it's a good idea to just continue to remember those in our own home and let them be part of that yeah still yeah and even things that we've had to kind of um give up maybe for a while um that's been hard for me like we used to always um the weekend after Thanksgiving go cut a Christmas tree as a family Mm -hmm. well our kids mostly aren't around um and they haven't made that a real priority come back to do that. And so that's a little bit hard for me. But I have to say, that's not as important to them. I need to give it up. And so um, maybe we'll do that again someday with grandkids. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so you have to be okay with stuff that they just say like, mm, yeah, we're not going to do that anymore. Or we're not going to do that with our family. Maybe they will. Right. Um, right. Well, tradition doesn't have to be something that you've done for 50 years. Right. You know, tradition right. can be something you've done in the last... Right. few years and then maybe it has to change uh-huh. since both of our kids played college basketball uh-huh. those schedules really um, become front and yeah. center as far as how your time is planned out so mm-hmm. we kind of had a little bit of training ground as they were still in college that things weren't going to be exactly yeah. like they were just right. because those right. schedules mandate uh-huh yeah, but it is really fun to see them doing some things that you did as a oh, you yeah. know, family. Like we always had, um, even as a big family, we had like lefsa on our, our traditional like Norwegian meal on maybe a Christmas Eve. And we had lefsa and cod and potatoes and butter and that kind of stuff at Christmas. So my kids always really want to do that. Mm-hmm. And some of them have started doing it in their own homes, mm-hmm. yeah, which is nice. really, really fun to see them right. value that tradition and then want to carry it on. Yeah. So yeah. that's a really fun thing to see them replicating um, what you do. And that kind of happened, even that type of thing, when we came here to Wyoming to spend time as a family, everybody was supposed to plan a meal. And 
I had one meal in mind and then one of my kids wrote and said, oh, I'm, I'm bringing this meal. Is so that was the meal I was gonna bring, but they had liked it so much they you know, started making it for their own family. Exactly. And then I said, okay, well, I'll make my other second favorite meal. And then the next kid wrote and said, I'm gonna, I want you to buy the stuff for this meal. And that was the second meal that I was gonna make. So those are fun because they're doing what I did. Right, we uh, always have Kringla, usually around Christmas. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, Megan really enjoys that even though she doesn't have, I don't think any Norwegian in her mm -hmm. background. But Isaiah had said, hey, why don't you teach Megan how to make Kringla? She uh -huh. was open to the idea. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's really nice that uh -huh. he, Wants to continue wants that. Wants to continue that, yeah. yes. Yeah, that's always kind of an affirmation, like, oh, they want to do what we've done. Mm -hmm. And so some of them, some of those things, like I said, they'll drop, and then you'll add new ones, maybe. Exactly. So, exactly. yeah, so it's really fun to see them, though, um, kind of reenacting what you've done with them. Um, so uh, how have you learned to trust that God loves your kids more than you do, even as a parent? How have, how's God like shown that to you or how do you just say, especially like, like, you know, Sarah's still a little bit under your care in your house cause she hasn't exactly, um, graduated. Well, she's graduating from college, but she still has a year left to play basketball. Right. And so how do you, when your kids fully like leave the nest, how do you say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you fully with their care. Um, they're driving, they're traveling, you know, uh, how, how did, how have you done it? Well, I... Because you could sit around and worry all the time. Right, exactly. And I just decide, had decided that, or continually decide uh -huh. not to make that, I don't want to be my wife, my wife, my life is full of just worry. Right. Because I really don't think that that's how God wants us to Because there's many things live. that could happen to them. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I just have to um, pray a lot, but also trust that God's writing their story. Right. And just Even because, through the hard things that we mm -hmm. think are too hard for them. Right. Yeah. And most things in my life, if I look back, I think that through all sorts of trials, God has loved me more than anybody, my husband or my parents or my family, mm -hmm. can love me. And so I have to trust that he loves my children more than I could ever even begin to love them. Mm -hmm. And what he's doing in their lives is um, helping them to become the people that he wants them to be. Um, I have the assurance, which all parents don't, and that's a really hard thing too, but um, both my kids know the Lord, and so mm -hmm. I do know that they're in yep. His will, and they're seeking His will, and so I have to trust that. I have to trust the Holy Spirit's working in their lives. Right. Yeah, it's it's great when your kids um, make good choices and are, are following God wholeheartedly, and so I, I know all my kids and my in-laws are eternally secure, and that's a great comfort, you know, mm -hmm. just to know that they... Um, if something did happen to them, they'd actually be in a better place. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I always remember, I read this, um, this, uh, biography by, or about Adoniram Judson. I don't know if you've ever mm -hmm. read about him, but he was a, a guy who took the gospel, I think to India. Um, and he said, Hey, and lots of bad things happened to him. But he said, if I would not be able to tolerate any of this, if I didn't know it was sifted through the hands of an all-loving God, mm -hmm. you know? And so mm -hmm. because I know that the, all these experiences that have been sifted through the hands of a, an almighty and all-loving God, then I can, I can trust and right. I can live my life and not, you know, be anxious all the time. And so right. I know that God is completely sovereign. And so 
the things that he puts in my kids' lives. Um, even recently, like our oldest daughter is unmarried and she was dating a guy that um, had a difficult past and it was it was hard for uh, Brent and I um, to know that, you know, she could become more attached to him and then have to carry some of that baggage. And so that was something I could have worried about, but I knew God loved Tess more than I could even love her and that he was, he was leading her and she was following him. And so um, she's in a great church environment and that church really acted as the church and um, her pastors just, you know, gave her some really good advice and led her in the right direction. And now that's kind of um, worked itself out and I probably worried too much about something that wasn't even going to happen. Mm -hmm. And so, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we have to know that, like you said, God's writing our kids' stories. Um, and we want to either, you know, like pray away their difficulties, which is not what we're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Or we want to give them lots of sympathy when they're struggling, which we probably should say, hey, God's trying to teach you something here, rather than saying, oh, you know, that's horrible that you're in that. Right, right. Well, so. and I think as they go through life, if they have gone through struggles, which we all do, I think that is going to help them. Um, you know, that's going to help their God story too, that they can relate some of those things, um, knowing that maybe those weren't great decisions, whatever it might yeah. be. Um, maybe it was a learning situation, but they also have that to um, be part of their God story. Right, and so you have to remember those things when you're, when your kids are going through rough things, like they moved to a new spot, they don't have any friends, you know, that kind of thing where you're saying, oh, I wish I could do this for you and take it for you. I wish you weren't so sad. It hurts my heart. Those are the things that actually God is doing in their lives to make them more like him. Mm -hmm. So if we can keep that in mind, then we can pray accordingly and, and allow it to not stress us out, maybe? Right. Well, and I, I know we can't control all environments that they're involved in. I'm Both my children chose to go to secular universities, mm -hmm. and so you know that... Um, they're going to be surrounded by right. probably a lot of non-believers and some of the uh, situations and experiences that they'll find themselves in um, because of hopefully the foundation that they have in Christ that they're going to mm -hmm. make those decisions. The Holy Spirit's going to help them to make the decisions that um, would honor Him. Right. So that's uh, Yeah, and trusting. I think, you know, if any new moms are listening, that that really should encourage you to keep being consistent in, you know, um, disciplining and leading your, your kids towards Christ because if they have that solid foundation, they can grow, go to places like a secular university and all four of my kids did and um, they can go to places that are maybe, you know, not um, the most wholesome of places and still be not tainted because they know the truth and they know how to make Good decisions. Right. In our society, you're going to run across all different types of right. people, all different types of beliefs. Um, it's just, it's it's a very challenging society to live in this, to this day and mm -hmm. age. And um, you just have to know that um, God's, again, watching out for them. And yep. God loves them a great right. deal. And you've done, if you've done your job well, then you need to trust that your kids will know what's true. And then compare, you know, what they see to the truth and decide to um, make the good choice. Um, so let's talk more as moms now, because a lot of moms listen to the podcast. So um, having kids transition out of our homes and live on their own is a huge and unfamiliar new season, which has been a really probably the 
the most unfamiliar and hardest season of my life, mm -hmm. I think. Um, so is it okay to mourn the past season of having kids at home? Is that okay? Or should I just, um, I shouldn't stay there. Right. Yeah, you um, can't stay there. And our mother is in the background here. <laughs> so that's her coughing and laughing, but that's okay, you know, because she wanted to listen to us. So, um, so yeah, so that's been, that's been, it's okay for me to mourn, I think. And I think I can do that and say, oh, this is taking a little longer than I think it should because that was my life for 26 some years where I was a mom of kids at home and that was kind of where my identity, although my identity, yes, firmly rests in Christ, it's still, I identified myself as a mom, you oh, know, yeah. that was needed at home by my kids. And so, um, so how do we though, you know, get past that difficult morning place and say, Hey, I'm going to have a fully satisfying life right now and kind of celebrate the season I'm in. I don't know. Well, I Do you have any advice? The Lord wants you to have an abundant life. And so anytime that you spend a lot of time in the past season, you're missing out on what is the present. And maybe we're saying, God, I don't think you're doing a good job with my life. Right, right. We're not necessarily giving our trust to uh -huh. the Lord in our lives also. Uh -huh. um, yeah, I mean, I think I've gone through the period of looking at young mothers and thinking, oh, wow, mm -hmm. just enjoy this time. You have it mm -hmm. so good. They're all under your roof. You know what they're right. doing and all that. Uh, but I think you also have to... Uh, look at, okay, what are the things I'm going to um, enjoy about this period yeah. of my life? Um, because there are, you, you can't spend your life living through your kids and yep. then you're going to miss the opportunity to, you know, have that wonderful relationship with your husband. Right. Do things that you wouldn't have done if you still had kids at home. You have a lot more freedom. Would, yeah, you do. So I think you, it's okay to mourn it. That would be normal. Mm -hmm. But I think you really have to start transitioning that into, okay, this is the situation, mm -hmm. and this is the present situation, and the Lord wants me to have an abundant life, so uh, what are we going to, you know, how, how are we going to look at this situation? And what I kind of had to start doing is saying, okay, there's a lot of right things in my life. I'm going to find them. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what's right? Oh, even that bird that I hear sing outside, that's right. That's good. I'm going to rejoice in that. And, mm -hmm. oh, you know what? Being able to say, hey, I don't want to cook tonight. Let's go out and, you know, have a date. That's right. And I'm going to rejoice in that. And, oh, look, I'm tired. I'm going to sleep a little longer on a Saturday morning. Um, that's right and good. You know, those are the things I had to say. Like, look at all these good things you have in your life. Stop saying that your old life was better. This can be abundant as well. You know, right. it's, well, I the think... old life was familiar. Right. Yeah. And I think lots of times we get stuck in the pattern of only remembering the great times. Yes. We don't remember the oh, man. Yes. negative or the wearing times right. or the times we were so exhausted. Uh huh. We only think, oh, we romanticize. what did I miss or what did uh -huh. I not do that I could have? And right. That's, it's not going to change what is now. So you have right. to look at the positive. And but I do that. I do see like a mom, um, you know, come in a store with like her four little kids, you know, and then I say like, oh. I used to do that and I forgot all the times, you know, where I was so hot and, you know, putting them in the car and then getting them out and having to feed them all lunch and I could barely like move because I was so tired and, you know, you never got to sleep in as long as you wanted to on a weekend and, yeah, you forget all of those things that were so hard and you remember all the sweet things. I think right. it's pretty normal. Right. So, yeah, so I've had to really learn to choose to look for the right and the good in my life now and it's a different season but it's not a bad season right it's not a bad season yeah and that season was probably i i really loved the season of having my kids at home 
but it doesn't mean that I have to say that was the best. I can still have it as a favorite, but I can, I can also live an abundant life right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, what things has God taught you about yourself in this season that you could use to help or encourage other moms in this spot right now? So let's say it's a new thing. Um, the moms that are listening have um, maybe just sent their kids, you know, to a couple years of college and they're empty nesting. And now they have to kind of figure out how to parent in a new way. You know, do you have any like advice for those moms? Um, I think you have to be patient with yourself because you've never done this before and you're doing the best that you can. Um, I think you have to, I think it's a good thing to get uh, maybe involved in maybe some new things you haven't Mm -hmm. done or Mm -hmm. connect, maybe reconnect. I know that we've Mm -hmm. done that in the past. With friends. Yeah, we grew up, or our kids grew up with, there was a certain group of parents and uh, maybe it was just the parents that maybe went out or whatever mm-hmm. um, as couples. And then sometimes we would do things with our families. Well, it, you know, 10 or 15 years go by and your kids get older. Yeah. And so you get involved in different activities. So just a couple years ago, we got back together with that same group of like, oh, probably three or four couples. Fun. And it was it was a lot of fun. So you do have to um, start maybe being creative about mm. what can I do to... Um, there's obviously other people going through the same thing, right? So try to connect and yeah. try to um, maybe do some activities or just you know maybe just go for coffee and just talk. Yeah, about you might have to like be this. the initiator, right? Exactly. I've had to be the initiator a lot when I mm-hmm. think like, oh man, I wish like someone would call me. Well, then I have to do that, right? Yeah, you do, mm-hmm. and I think that does because I think we get into situations we think, oh, we're the only one that feels this right. way, totally, and. Um, you know, and I think you're always going to have struggles that maybe you can just visit about, um, mm-hmm. just talk about, and just just kind of feel that camaraderie about, you know, you're not the only one mm-hmm. in this situation or feeling that way. Right. Right. And it's okay to be confused about... I remember even being confused, like, my kids were in high school. That was a different parenting stage. Like, I kind of worried about, like, what they thought of me mm-hmm. in a way that I've never worried about before and I don't really understand that but I never cared about what they thought of me when they were little but as they got older I wanted them to like me and I think maybe I have that still going on a little bit as a you know parent of adult kids I want them to like what I'm doing and approve of what I'm doing so I think we have to also decide that it's okay if our kids think we're weird or old or outdated right right. Um, we're not going to be able to please them and they're not always going to think we're great no i mean we look back on what our parents did right you know it's kind of the same thing right. we always approve of what they did or right. think that they were cool or whatever right no not it's okay if they think i'm weird it's okay if they think i cry a lot because i do well and i always think to myself you're going to be this age someday so right you know you'll understand someday maybe right. it won't be for quite a while right but that's okay yeah yeah so i think we just have to be okay with god, who god made us and then, like you said, be proactive and go out of our comfort zone sometimes and, um, yeah, make our life uh, satisfying where we're at right now. And that might take more effort and it might be uncomfortable because we're not familiar with it, but I think it's exactly what we should be about. So do you have any resources that have been helpful to you? Like you said, there weren't very many things. There were not a lot. Um, I did find a book by... Um, Savage. Yeah, it was... Um, uh, Jill Savage. 
Yeah, it was Jill Savage. Okay. And she has just written a book about um, basically parenting adult children. I okay. can't recall the name. I'd have to look it up. But yeah, um, she has a book out. And uh, I think she also does some type of retreat for um, uh, couples mm -hmm. that have adult children. Mm -hmm. And um, she has them come for a weekend or something like that. Um, so, yeah, there's not a ton out there. Um, but I've been kind of, you know, looking and seeing what what is uh, what's available uh -huh. and what could be useful. I think one of the things that I remember Grandma saying, Grandma Crow saying, mm -hmm. is um, when children are little, they'll step on your toes. Mm -hmm. And when they're older, they'll step on your hearts. Mm -hmm. And that just, yep. you know, in the last, I think few years I've really really started to really understand that mm -hmm. because when they are little you do have almost complete control right and when they're older um, again just like we've talked to talked about uh-huh they are going to be their own person right and you do the best you can to raise them and just I think we had said earlier that if you've done your job and your kids choose right yeah. I think many parents do their job correctly yeah and their kids yeah don't that's make the true best that's a really good that's a really good point yeah and that's not mm, that's not their fault not they're their, their fault. own people and you, and you do at some point you have to disconnect yourself from yeah the the mother of this child and that's you you have to take away the guilt of right they made a you decision can't walk around with shame you. if you right. yeah you you can't have that be your identity like mm -hmm. they made that decision and it reflects poorly on me that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I tried to think of different resources. Maybe we could link, um, like that podcast and that book. To, right. Right. Um, yeah. Cause she had a real to, yeah, I haven't. Podcast. Um, and I don't think my kid, I don't think I said my kids his ages are, um, nearly 28 and 26. And then we have a 23 and a 21. So they're all fully, you know, three of them are married fully, uh, living their own lives and, uh, yep. They are their own people. Um, and God has designed their own stories for them. So, mm -hmm. and I think sometimes there is a little bit of a, a difference between your child that is out on their own, but not yet married. Mm -hmm. I mean, there still there is, is that you feel different. a little bit more responsible yeah. or you still are kind of responsible right? until they get married and yep. And then you do, you kind of hand them off. Right. That's hard to, uh -huh. that's a whole another other stage, podcast. Right? Yeah. Okay, so um, we're going to kind of wrap it up here. And um, do you just want to say a short prayer for moms who are maybe like struggling in this area right now and feel like, uh, I don't know how I'm supposed to do this. Do you want to yeah. pray for them? Sure. Okay. Dear Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to come to you. And we just thank you that we can talk about things that um, could be a concern as, as mothers get older and, and have raised their children and sending them out um, to do what we've raised them in the Lord to do. We just thank you for the opportunity that we've had. We know that everything that they do, um, we just we just continue to be on our knees and, and pray for our children. And we just thank you for the opportunity to be able to raise children. Um, each of the stages are different. And we just know that we need to make those contacts and, and, and talk about this and, and help one another through it and continually lean on you as you are writing our, our kids' stories. And we thank you, Lord. Help us to continue to um, seek your wisdom. And um, we also know that you want us to have an abundant life and to live the lives you've given us as joyfully as we can. Um, in Christ's name, we pray. Thank you. Very good. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us today as we had our little sister conversation about adult kids. And um, thanks, for, thanks for joining me, Tanya. Yeah, thank you.
Sometimes when I want to make a new friend, I'll say, come walk with me. So thanks for joining us today on this walking and talking journey as we walk together and strive to keep in step with Jesus.